It's time to get away from it all. Doesn't matter if you say you or y'all. Let's all get out there and have some fun. Bluff City Outdoor Show is for Welcome to the Bluff City Outdoor Show. Thank you, Barry Woods, and yes, indeed, welcome to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo here with producer Leah and my partner Mark McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Yeah, great to see you. And also in studio with us is professional fisherman Mike Marfell. Hey. What's up, buddy? Not much. How are you? I am doing good. Uh, got a lot to talk about this week. I actually have a crazy story that I think is the ultimate hunting slash trapping story. And I'm hoping you guys haven't seen it because I want to get your natural reaction to it. We're going to talk about it in the next segment. So it's a few minutes away, but just to do the old radio tease. Are you guys familiar with the... Former Denver Broncos lineman and him tracking this mountain lion. No, but that sounds interesting. Yeah, I just saw I saw the headline, but I didn't read it. Okay. Yet. The story is awesome. <laughs> and I am going to tell that story. And there's a little controversy surrounding it too, and I want to get your thoughts on that. So um, we're awesome. going to talk about that in the next segment. So definitely keep it here for that. I read this story two or three days ago, and I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to uh, talk to the guys about this. So this guy's retired NFLer? Yeah, yeah. I think he was on the he was on one of the Broncos um, Super, Bowl, Super team. Bowl teams. So he's Super Bowl champion, and now he's a big outdoorsman, and his story is this, – this story is awesome. So we're That's gonna cool. Get, yeah, we're going to get in that in just a little bit. Uh, first, want to get a check in with uh with uh, Mark and everything happening out at Bluff City Outdoors. I know we are, you know, we're kind of in that weird time of year where, um, you know, the recreational guys, fishermen, and things like that, they're kind of restocking the tackle box, waiting for yeah, waiting for the weather. To yeah, break. waiting for the weather to break. Guys, well, like, if they're bass fishermen, they're missing out. I yeah, can tell you guys, and, and yeah, get the hardcore guys are definitely out on the water right now because it's a great time to catch the big fish out there. Big cat. Yeah, last week, big one. Yep. And and uh, you know we've talked a lot about the um, expansion out at Bluff City Outdoors that, that you guys went through a few months ago, uh, adding the archery range and the techno hunt system. But there's been even some more modifications made out there. So there's lots of uh, exciting stuff happening out at the shop. So give us yeah, the latest. so so we finally we did get uh, you know on our uh, lead tech Jeff's his, his advice was to hey we we need to have a thirty yard all the time range and mm-hmm. so. So those walls are up, and it now it's open, and we are fully at 30 yards all the time. Uh, if you want to come in and shoot paper targets or 3D targets, that's so awesome. that was kind of a big deal, and uh, looks really good. We got, I think we got the rearranging on the archery part of it all done, uh, and then uh, it just it, it looked good. People like it. I mean, they like to come in and shoot at 30 yards. When yeah, they, you know. being a dumb fisherman, Mark, why is 30 yards the magical? Well, so 20 yards is the standard in most archery ranges. But people like to go out and be able to shoot from thirty, just just to make sure they're shooting good at that range. I and see. most of the bow shops in the St. Louis area don't have the ability to uh-huh. go thirty yards. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. So that's why Jeff said, "Hey, he goes if we do this, it'll, it'll separate us from well, you know, there's only a few shops in the area, but it will separate us from them." Good so, thinking. Yeah. yeah. No. I, I, yeah, I'm sure that that's something that um, the customers out there, and that's one of the things that we that you know. Uh, 
the reason that you built this and that you put the time and effort into going with the state of the art techno hunt system right. is because of your customers. Because yes. yeah, and so if there's a bunch of them coming in and saying, "Man, we love this, but we really love ten more yards if we can yes. do this." Yeah, and it just you know, and we had the space you know to do it. We kind of originally we were looking at a forty yard range, but we had to Ooh. cut that back because of cost. And then, uh, but we decided to go ahead and you know put the thirty in. It just required a little bit of a rearranging, and uh, to uh, in order to make sure I could get all my tall uh, catfish and crappie rods down yeah. or stood up. So, so we just came up with a yep, this will work. So uh, this is probably more of a question for Jeff than you, Mark. But you're the uh, you're the closest thing to a hunting expert that we have in the room right now. So it falls to you. <laughs> uh, but to piggyback on Mike's question there. Um, is there a, that you know of, is there a sort of, um, uh, understood safe, not safe, but like confident distance to take down a deer? Where you're not being a sportsman, you're taking a wild shot. Yeah, where you're not taking some Hail Mary shot from 70 yards, like you want to get them within 25 yards. You want to get them within 20. Is there like a Yeah, so so really for for the compound bow guys, it, we, we really stress 20 yards or, or closer. Or closer, and, yeah. Uh, but in the event you can't quite tell, hey, am I 25? You know, just yeah, sure, give them sure. that 30, gives them a little chance to, to yeah. have confidence at 30. And, yeah, uh, you can't we, run the tape measure out in the woods when you're getting right. ready to you take know, a shot. It's a little range finder, <laughs> but, you know, you may not have, you know, have time to yeah. use it. Exactly. And um, it just, just to help build confidence and stuff. And then they like the challenge of that extra 10 yards on the shot. Sure. When they're shooting their targets. Sure. Well, because if, if you're if you shooting be, good at thirty, then you're going to be shooting really good. Exactly. Yeah. You can if you can become swinging a warm up bat. Yeah. Basically. If you can become spot on at thirty yards, then you can take that twenty yard right. shot then with a whole lot more confidence. Yes, you're going to be more confident in that twenty yard. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, any other fallback or fallout from uh, the uh, the hunters that have been coming in and out of the shop, um, recapping their season, you know, getting ready for. Uh, the leagues and other things, exciting stuff that you guys have going out there. Is there any, what's the, what's the sort of uh, talk of the industry right yeah, now? So it was, it was a good year for most people in the area. Uh, they, they, they got their deer. Uh, they saw a lot of deer. It just, it was better than I think the last couple of years where some of the, the herds over there in Illinois had been hit by the, uh, what is it? The blue tongue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm. So that knocked a herd down there for a couple of years. So it seems like it really bounced back. Mm-hmm. Everybody seemed pretty pleased. And I guess this is as good time as any while we're talking about uh, uh, bows and bow hunting and that sort of stuff. Uh, the R100 event that we just sort of broke last week and have yep. started talking about. So, so that's, folks. yeah, that's going to be, uh, so, you know, we're bringing the R100, the Reinhardt uh, 100 event to the St. Louis area. Yeah. It's a, kind of a big deal. It's a 100 target shoot. There's some other uh, targets and stuff they set up for for kids and that but it's 50 north american wildlife targets and then 50 african safari targets nice so it's going to be set up over at the warren levis uh boy scout camp in godfrey it's right yeah. in my old backyard I, I lived in the subdivision that butted up against that oh, no kidding spent a lot of kids That's awesome. a lot of time as a kid frolicking around in there probably wasn't supposed to be now people in the people in the industry realize what a big deal like you said it's kind of a big deal it really Huge is. deal it is yeah. a big deal yeah it's a traveling event yeah and so the people in the industry kind of already in in our area know that and are super excited that this is coming and i think a lot of people are going to be introduced to it and learn yep. about it through you guys and through the event you bring the event here and so uh, that's got to be super exciting stuff just for the 
industry oh, in general. It, in our it area. is too, and then for for Reinhardt's perspective too, they they were kind of excited because this is about as close as they've been to a major metropolitan area where they're you know they have two million people to draw from. Yeah, uh, you know normally they're out you know in the more rural areas of states, and so this is a, a little bit different. And you wouldn't realize how you know that you're near a big population center when you got the no. Boy Scout. Camp. Oh, that camp you is know, huge, it just, and it's been there forever. Yeah, and it, it it looks like you're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I, I've only lived in St. Louis. I've traveled a whole lot, so you know I have a fairly decent handle on you know some areas of the country. But I feel like we are um, not exclusively unique, but we are a fairly unique community in that we have one of the biggest cities in the country right here, and all of the benefits and uh, problems that that uh, brings with it. But we also have some, you, like you said, you can. Get in your truck and go an hour in yeah, any direction. You can You're... snap your fingers and be in the middle of the woods. Yeah. 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 I mean, 20 minutes out of downtown. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in the woods. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of have both lifestyles all right. represented yeah. in the in the. Just make the area. drive from here to Lake of the Ozarks down 50, and you'll realize you oh, know, yeah. it's beautiful. It's cattle country. <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there's ba- there's a bunch of area back in North County. Yeah, you know, yeah. one you of my realize, buddies has you know, a farm pond up there. The Spanish that, Lake and stuff. Up yeah, that's way. in the middle of nowhere, seemingly. Well, yep. but between Alton and Grafton, all that yeah. going to Jerseyville. I mean, yeah. all that. Yep. Yeah. So we have that. So we have a lot of that uh, th- that lifestyle in yep. our in our area. Oh yeah. Um, like I said, those are probably going to be a lot of the guys that are familiar with this event and super excited that it's finally coming. To our area, more camo ball caps here than New York. Yes, I guess. Yeah, 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 and and we'll get to introduce it to a yeah. A so we're, we're we're excited, and it's uh, April. I think it's 14th through the 16th yeah. is, is yep. when it is. So that's uh, yep, yep. And yep. check our Facebook page. Now, can you come just about. watch too? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and oh, I bet you that's a big part of it. I bet you that's a big far, fun part. Kind of yeah, like you the, can have people like, there bringing their kids, and uh, you know, just coming to check it out. You know, yeah. I mean, Kind of like the cat. They've got some classic. cool targets. I mean, they got a giraffe target. You know, that's cool. I can't get a water buffalo. I mean, you know, I don't know. They probably have a hippo. I, I bet you see some pretty cool, pretty amazing. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be talent. Cool. Yeah, and you're gonna see right. some really. Good Are they three D? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, a three D yeah. giraffe. That's nutty. Three <laughs> D hippo. <laughs> it's just it's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. R100. We'll be we'll be giving you those details as we get closer and closer to to that event. But make sure you're marking your calendars. April 14th to the 16th. It's gonna be a uh, a great time. Uh, Mike, what's the latest with you guys? When's the last time you uh, were last weekend? Yeah, last uh, weekend. Yeah, at the lake. What was the tournament? How'd we do? No tournament, just fishing. Oh, just fishing. Okay. I went down there to help my team partner work on his house, and we got it done quick. So we spent the rest of the time fishing. Nice. What? Yeah. Uh, so like we mentioned just a few minutes ago. Um, a lot of people that would, would just assume, people that um, you know don't do a lot of fishing, would just assume this is not a good time of year to be out there. There's bass boats all over the lake. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So tell us about... Uh, we'll get into it in the fishing report, but uh, the jerkbait bite's good Yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, water temperature's like 41. Uh, it's just so nice to be out there when you can just run anywhere you want yep. without it. Worried right. about any boats or anything, and yeah, you don't have that that wake of all the uh, right. the cruisers. And you can actually there. fish the main lake this time of year, which is what I try to do because you can't do it any other time. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, um, right now is there a uh, um, is there a time of day that you try to focus on? Is it uh, you know? Yeah, that mid dusk, that that dawn. that ten to three four. Yeah, when the yeah, the early morning and the evening's not near as good this time of year as it is in regular. 
Gotcha. You know, during the so that kind of flips then. Yeah. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what you would normally your your uh... not that the bite's not good, but it's it's just sure. better. There's that little window when the sun's been out for a while. Yeah, but I've just had it beat into my brains over sure. the years. Sure, everybody does fishing yeah. in you know the spring and summer and fall that. You either want to fish early in the morning, or you want to fish, you know, in in an hour or two before the sun goes down. Oh, you want to chase that sun beating on those south facing banks this time of year. Gotcha. You know, you're looking for a sun. You don't want the high, bright bluebird skies. That's never good, no matter what time of year. But yeah, you want to chase that at Lake of the Ozarks. My whole thing is I always check south facing banks that got the darker colored rock because they're going to absorb heat. And I would imagine that. Numbers are down, but the potential for the big guy is up. It's yes, or uh, there's a few friends of mine down there that are doing both at the same time that are catching numbers this time of year. Numbers that have size to them. Wow, let's go! Yeah, the big ones group up. Yeah, the big ones group up, and these are the guy, the guys that are really good with the forward facing sonar. What is your idea of a big fish? Anything over five. Anything over. Five. Yeah, camera doesn't come out. Anything over two for me, and no, I'm like taking a picture. <laughs> yeah, I see all these guys holding pictures up on Facebook at three pounders. I'm like, come on, that's me. <laughs> that is definitely yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> the camera doesn't come out for me, or else the eyeballs are close to a quarter. That's yeah. fantastic. How good are you at? Uh, how good are you at uh, um, predicting the uh, when you when you get a fish out? I'm pretty how good. How close are you? At, 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 here's how long it is. Here's how much it weighs. I'm pretty good. The yeah. last tournament that I had a co-angler in a BFL, he said, what do you think you have weight-wise? And I said, I probably got somewhere between 12 and a half and 13. I had 1287. Man. So Nailed it right on the... Pretty pretty good guesser. Yeah, I, I'm a it. small eyer more than a big eyer. Like, I'll think I got a four and a half pounder, and it turns out to be five. Oh, that's good. I don't, yeah, that's I don't, I don't go the other way. the fisherman that I have ever known. No, no, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. I, I had a club tournament one time when this guy's like, man, I got a giant. It's got to be pushing eight, and it turned out to be like four and a half. I'm like, he goes, well, I didn't look at it long. I just put it in the live well. It's like, well, then you obviously haven't caught many four or five pounders because yeah. you thought that was eight. You're out of your mind. Right. So, and, and I always say that when you got a buddy that says, oh, I, I got a farm pond, and we catch eight pounders and nine pounders. Oh. No, you're catching fours and fives. You're catching Most four likely. and fives for sure. <laughs> now, there's a few guys like like his catfish guy that's telling me, but I believe him because he knows what he's doing. You know, yeah. he, he's got a farm pond that I got to get him to take me to. I, I, uh, I've fished a lot of fantastic farm ponds, but I've not ever seen the one that the average size bass in it is eight and a half pounds. Right. <laughs> there might be an eight and a half pounder there in there. There might be, yeah. There but even be. in a farm pond, those biggers... Biggins like that are still hard to catch. Yeah, they sure are. They yeah, do. they're a little smarter than your average bear. Yeah, no, they absolutely are. So a guy like you, who is a pro that knows what they're doing, five hours on the Lake of the Ozarks this time of year. How many? How many fish are you hoping? What, like, what's the what's one an the, hour? One an hour. I mean, I'm I'm a tournament a fisherman. I want five fish. So yeah, yeah. So you're looking to get one an hour. Are you? Is that what you're getting? Typically, in a trip for this time of year? Yeah. I I, I didn't last time because we were only out there for like three hours. I think we caught one. Right. But we wanted to fish some stuff we've never fished before. So I wasn't trying to catch fish. So it was a good time to test some things. Yeah, we went and fished a small cut off of the main lake on the way back to my buddy's, where his house is, up close to, well, it's, what is it now, Margaritaville, Tantara Island. Yeah. And I'm like, I've passed that thing a thousand times and never fished it. Because if you're in there with all these, do- I mean, it's tight. Yeah. If you're in there with the docks with the waves coming, there's a good pain that's going to lift you up and throw you yeah. on the dock. And so, there's boats coming and going like crazy. So I said, why don't we just fish that? I've never been in there. Super yeah. steep banks. Like you'd be from, you know, 20 feet off the bank, you're in 30 foot of water. So yeah. I thought, 
and we caught a couple, had a couple bites. But uh, what do you do if you find a place like that this time of year when you're doing these experiments? You're testing places, you're testing uh, different lures or whatever. Do you just mark it on the GPS? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm I'm looking for brush too, and yeah. I'm always marking brush. You know, if you see it, mark it. You might come, you might not ever fish it, but you might be running by there on the way back to the weigh-in one day and be like, I got time to hit that brush pile right there on that main lake point. Never fished it, but we'll hit it. Yeah. Me and Greg now, we got a spot. <laughs> it's weird. It's the size of this room, but it's magic. Like, it's on a, it's on a secondary point, yeah. and we always catch fish there. doesn't matter yeah. what time of year it is. Yeah. And there's something weird going on, and I there's, think it's the type of rock that's yeah. there. There's a, um, there's a little beat-up cove, um, like a right off the main channel about a mile away from our from our place at the lake of the ozarks um it's it's got a i don't even i don't believe that the dock there's two docks in there the cove is about the the cove is only about 30 40 feet deep so it's a cut in the it's main a lake cut in the main lake in the bluff yeah. yes there's a cut in the bluff that's a better way to say it that's exactly right and it's got a couple of beat up docks in there and I mean, you can, you can't, you could not put, you couldn't have two, certainly couldn't have two boats in there fishing. No way. You got to fish you tournament. Can, Somebody will come find you. You can pull in there and you can, and you can hit every, you can hit the bank from any angle you're right. there because it's such a tight little squeeze. But I've literally never once ever gone in there and not caught a fish. Right. It's wild. Well, like, if you think about I've it, you've never two... gone in that little cove and not caught a fish. Fish hold on bluffs year round. It's like it's just so they can slip into that little have, cut and feed and go back yeah. out on the bluff. When you yeah. said you had that little magic spot, that's what that made me think. Yep. Of, like I've, and I'm not anywhere near your level, but I've just every I've never pulled into that little that little cut, yeah, and not caught a fish. There's spots like that. There, there, there. I can't really tell you exactly why sometimes, but yeah. I've wow. got several spots like that that if I need a fish, that's where I'm going. That's awesome stuff. All right, we are going to, as Mike mentioned, we will bring you the fishing report a little bit later on in the show. In just a minute, I want to tell you about uh, this story that's made a little bit of national news. There's actually a little controversy surrounding it, which is BS. Typical. Yeah, we'll tell you about that in a second. But uh, a, uh, a former Denver Broncos defensive lineman, Derek Wolf, uh, tracked and killed a wolf chasing a mountain lion. That's awesome. Two hundred pound, nearly nine foot mountain lion. Yeah, yeah. I think this story has a, is a combination of hunting. That's and not a pet. That's not a petting type of kitty. No, he was in you know, and he was doing the community a favor because this thing was you know wow. terrorizing this community. So his story is pretty incredible. Uh, I want to tell you that story and uh, get everybody's reactions from it here in just a moment so don't go anywhere you're listening to the bluff city outdoor show on 1019 and 941 this is the bluff city outdoor show on news talk stl Outdoors show on 101.9 94.1 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo here in studio this week, of course, with producer Leah and Mark McMurray, the owner of Bluff City Outdoors. Also, our guest this week is Mike Marfell, professional fisherman. He's in studio with us, and he's getting his first look 
Holy this, cow. At this cat that uh, I have this story about. So That's uh, not Photoshop. Just talking about this. Uh, why don't you t- show Mark this, and I'll tell the story so everybody gets a look. Um Cause that's a defensive lineman. He's not a petite fella. No, he's that. No, that's a that's a yeah, that's, that's a, a world so. champion. That's a Super Bowl champion football player. That's a big cat. And that cat. That's like zoo, much as me and Dave Holm used to say about the snakes in the dead man hole. That's zoo quality kitty. That kitty is there. a big old cat, right? So Holy here's the cow. story. Here's the story. Former Denver Broncos defensive lineman Derek Wolf tracked and killed a 200 pound, eight and a half foot mountain lion that was terrorizing a Colorado community. With nothing but his bow and arrow. Wolf said the huge animal had been wreaking havoc in a rural neighborhood and had already killed uh, multiple dogs, pet dogs. He says, quote, I got a call from a good friend of mine, and he called me and said, hey, there's a cat up here. Do you want to come help? And I said, yeah, let's go. He said, quote, so we get up there, and the first thing we see is a full-grown mule deer that he had drug across the road, right across the street from someone's house, we followed those tracks up to the porch. It was up on this woman's porch, living underneath her porch. That cat was living underneath somebody's porch. Holy crap. Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah. And when we had talked to the landowner, they said, hey, we have house cats, and the cats are acting weird. <laughs> Wolf said he took hunting dogs with him to track the animal and hiked over, uh, over, uh, over 9,600 feet to kill it. He said, quote, I've been through some tough training camps, brother, but this was a hunt. Man, it beat me up bad. I was beat up bad. I'm all cut up and scraped up. I was in full body cramps, barely made it up there. I was able to make a good shot, a good ethical shot, and harvested the cat and got him out of there and did everything by the book. This was completely legal. Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh, came down and checked the cat. And for me, I took the meat and got it processed. I'm going to eat that cat. Uh, the Super Bowl champion said that he has received some backlash over the kill, but re- reiterated that it was an entirely legal hunt. Uh, to me, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this, uh, not only was it legal, but he just he just made the that whole community like safer. Necessary. Yeah, he just he just made those the, those people safer. Yeah, do we want to wait till he takes a kid out of the bus stop? Right. Yeah. That cat, you know, killing and and being able to uh, move a full-grown deer, just drag it everywhere it wants to Oh, that cat would grab you by the neck and jump into a tree. That is a lot of power. That is a whole lot of power. And, yeah, it had already killed killed dogs, you know, uh, family pets and things like that. And this story to me, Mark, was a combination of hunting and, uh, uh, like, trapping skills. You know, this reminded me of some of the trapping stories that we've talked about on this show. How um, you know you, you're you're removing a nuisance, you know you're, Making, you're helping. Yeah, I mean, in a trapping world, I mean the coyotes around here they 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 eat house cats. I mean, yeah, I had, you know a couple old farmer widow ladies that coyotes were coming in and taking them off their, her front porch. You know, yeah. she took one of them out of the little cat house. You know, she went from like 19 cats down to one oh, in a matter of about six months. Jeez, you know, have you ever dealt with a? Uh, you ever seen uh? Mountain lion in the wild, or dealt with, uh, been in an area with those so, things around. Forty years ago, I was running a trap line from Cahokia to Hillsboro, and in down in the creek, I was catching a lot of foxes on this farm. I went down to the creek just to look around, and there was a monstrous cat crit down there. Oof. I mean, it was huge. I'm going, that's yeah. a bobcat. There's a reason this the SIUE cougars, right? 
It's yeah. not from the hot 40-year-olds. I mean, it's it from the just, big cats that live in that area. They're like a small pie plate. Edwardsville's got hot 40 oh. And it's just, you know, that was bad. It was 40 years ago. Man. You know, up around the Hillsborough Sorrento area. You all of a sudden get way more uh, hyper-aware. Well, you just, at that point, you're going, there's something big enough that could eat me out here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you try to pay attention. Yeah. Head goes on a swivel pretty quick in that in that situation. This dude hunting that with a bow and arrow. That's the other thing. That's dude, I'd have an AK. With, that is courage. I'd have an AK with multiple, multiple magazines. I get the sport of it. Wanting yeah, to, I do too, but wanting, that's life or death yeah, stuff right think, there, man. I think you need to at least still back have, up. Yeah, you need yeah. to have the rifle with you. You have your bow, I'll back you up with the AK. Yeah, or at least have the raf- rifle strapped to your back. Absolutely. While, <laughs> while you're hunting this thing with a bow that in case huge. things get twisted. Yeah, and and they are. The thing would be on top of you in no time. Yeah, past. they're hunters. <laughs> they're hunters. Yeah. They, they're stalked their prey. Yeah, they stalk so they can. You wouldn't see it coming. They would. They try to sneak up on you. I mean, would. yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And so, like, you don't have a whole lot of time to get your bearings about you. Imagine being out there at 9,000 feet or whatever he was, and he said he was cramping, that he couldn't get down, and it got dark. Mm-mm. No thanks. Because that, thing, the then, that, that thing's thing, got a huge advantage. Oh yeah, you can see. You're done. Yeah. How about the fact that it was living under a lady's porch? <laughs> How would you not know? I mean, I guess she did know it. Did she? I wonder if she reported All it. she said was her her cats were acting weird. I bet they He's were. He's the one that told her it was under there. Wow. The, uh, yeah. The, the Derek Wolf. Wolf. Yeah, he's the one that told him it was under there. And she said, oh, maybe that's why my cats are being so weird. Yeah. <laughs> People giving him grief, they should be giving him an award. Yeah. Yep. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah, no kidding. And no I wonder, kidding. you know, Mark told us how be- good beaver was. I wonder if how- if that cat tastes like mule deer, I don't know what yeah. what a big cat tastes like. You ever eaten cat? No, no. Well, I've, a couple shady Chinese Here restaurants in the past. Oh, no, no. <laughs> but that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, you ever eaten cat? No, I haven't. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? No, let's keep it PG rated. <laughs> I said, you know, beavers, muskrats. Yeah, I, I I I can't believe beaver is good. They just don't. What they eat. Yeah. I bought bark. some goat brats hmm. from a farmer's uh, really? market not too long ago, and they were really good. Goat, well, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see goat. You know, look, look at what stuff eats. I mean, if they eat vegetation, typically they're going to taste good. Yeah, yeah. Rabbits, yeah. Rabbits taste better than squirrels. Plus right. Their diet. Right. Well, this cat's been eating dogs. <laughs> and, and anything else. And one mule deer. And anything we, else. Got That cat's deer. eating whatever it wants, really. <clears throat> what do you... What is your initial reaction, Mike, when you read a story like this and then it's tainted at the end with there's backlash against, I mean. Uneducated people. He literally. Um, on, not uneducated, but uneducated on the outdoors killed, and how yeah. things work. It's killing dogs. I mean, it's. It's, it's just a matter of time for it to kills a person. Exactly. Exactly. So why would you have any issue with a man like this deciding he's going to... It would be him. different if he just went up there and killed it. it. It wasn't coming into town. Right. But it is. Right. Right. He he wouldn't even known this thing existed if yeah. it wasn't living under the lady's porch. Yeah. Mark, I understand. I don't agree with it. But I understand when somebody sees, like, a picture of a rich dentist that, you know, spent $50,000 to fly over to the African safari and shoot a rhinoceros, and they're posing with the rhinoceros, and people are like, really? Do you have to do that? I, under, I, I can understand where that type of um, yeah. you know, resistance comes from. Yeah. I, I get that. that. I, I understand that thought process. 
the people that have a problem with this, I can't even understand that thought process because they're he's literally mm-hmm. making he's literally doing a service to that community. Yeah. You know, you know when you talk about the the rhinoceros with the dentist, yeah. what a lot of people don't understand though is that the fact that he paid fifty or a hundred thousand dollars to go do that allows that government to protect. Oh, sure. Yeah. So many others because it generates money. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah probably so, kept so that village afloat yeah. for the next it year. The village, yeah. It also allows them to protect a certain amount. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Have resources. And that's why I said I I don't have a problem with it personally, but I I can people I, aren't seeing the big picture yeah, when they, they have a problem. I can see why people would have a problem. I can see sure. where sure. you know I can I can understand that argument. I can understand even though I don't agree with it. I can understand it. Yeah. I can't understand the argument against it. No, there's there there is none. Yeah, I mean, because he looks so cute dead that they think he's a cute kitty. But <laughs> this thing—that's huge. That is a Super Bowl champion, and that cat is much bigger than he is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, maybe that is a professional football player, and that cat is—that cat is nine. Yeah, and he's not feet. a kicker; he's a defensive lineman. Yeah, that cat is eight and a half feet long. Long. I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably from the butt to the tip of the head. Yeah. Yeah, because when he's holding him up there, the cat's not quite completely on his hind legs, and he's every bit as tall as that man. Yeah, yep. yeah. If you put him all the way up on his hind legs, he'd be a foot taller. Than, mm-hmm. than, and his yeah. arm, his front legs are about the size of. They're bigger. They're like my well, my legs. At least. Mark, I don't know if you looked at these paws, but you're exactly right. No, that, the size they, of a pie plate. They're <laughs> side of yeah. They're the size of a pie plate. One swat and you're yeah. it's it's game over. Yeah, it's twice as big as a as a person's hand. If that thing come running at you and hit you in the head, isn't it's it's night night. Yeah, you're done. You're yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. What's the biggest animal you ever trapped? Eighty two pound beaver. Holy beavers get to be eighty two pounds. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had I was, no idea. That sounds like an obese. Did you get him at Walmart? That sounds like an obese beaver. Yeah, Holy I, cow. That's an OB. Obese beaver. <laughs> OB. That's the OB. But I was holding it up by the back feet and at my chest, and its head was almost hitting the ground. Jeez. Oh, How old do you reckon that probably was? I don't know, but from what I've been told, beavers never stop growing. They, really? They, they grow until they die. Oh, wow. So there has been cases of, of ones in the 90s and pressing 100 pounds caught. Really? That's insane. I had no idea. Yeah. What's I, I'm, the average size of a beaver? What's the average? Yeah, your beaver? typical run of the mill. Yeah, about three year old beaver is going to be about 40, 45 pounds. That's still a little bit bigger than I realized. I think, yeah. but to think that it's double that. Oh yeah, it just that's yeah. wild. I mean, when I because like we kept the meat, so I, I gutted it in the bathtub and it looked like I killed somebody. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. <laughs> That's one of the most redneck things I've heard today. And then, I, the, and then the wife wants to take a bath, and then you're like, well, you're going to have to wait a little bit. <laughs> have to wait a little bit. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, we were in a house in Anacahokia when, was, when we were skinning those things. And, you know, we skinned most of the stuff in the kitchen. Uh, I had real uh, – my stepmom was real cool about that. Yeah. But, I, I mean, you know, where am I going to get this beaver at? Take it in the bathtub. <laughs> you know, you turn a shower on your – you know, that's how we cleaned it. Turn the bathroom into a butcher shop. Yeah. That's crazy. Are they? They've, they've got to be. There's got to be some danger with an animal that big. That like if if they're alive. Like, well, I mean, beaver. Are, I mean, they're pretty much going to go about their business. But but they, I mean, if you're trying to, if you're close to it, if you're if, if you're close to it, you don't be between it and the water. Yeah. Because it's going to run you down. Yeah. Or it's going to run right over you. Yeah, they're pretty fast on land, right? They're very fast on land. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They they look slow, but when they want to move, they can move. And then the other weird thing about beavers is that years ago we were trapping them under the ice from down there, 
drop my hold, drop down on the ice, trying to check the trap. Yikes. All, all at once you hear, bam. <clears throat> About 10 feet away, a beaver was coming up. Coming up. To get away? No, I wanted to see what I was doing. Oh. And so he just come up and busted through about two inches of ice. Did you tell him what you were doing? Yeah, he knew knew it wasn't any good. So, in fact, I think it come up and bust ice like that just by hitting it. Yeah. That's powerful. It is powerful. They're strong. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, you can tell when they do the tail slap, it gets your attention, too. Yeah, they pop that tail. That's their warning, right, to back off? That's a warning to them and to other beavers that, hey, something's up there. Something's up. So, a coyote creep down or something, they'll slap their tail. tail? Yep. I recommend that uh, if you're interested in this story, you go and check it out and check out the pictures of this. You can just uh, type in, like, uh, Denver Broncos Mountain Lion, and it'll definitely come up. Derek Wolf is the guy's name. I'm going to uh, look up how big Derek Wolf actually pictures, is. Yeah, these pictures are absolutely incredible. I highly recommend that you go and check it out. All right, it's about that time of the week where we need to bring you the fishing report. So we are going to do that here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 101.9 News Talk STL. You're listening to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on News Talk STL. Welcome back to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019 and News Talk STL. A great uh, conversation in that last segment about uh, the former Denver Broncos football player, Super Bowl champion Derek Wolf, and uh, him tracking and hunting and killing this mountain lion that was terrorizing this Colorado community, had killed some family pets, some dogs up there, and uh, took out this uh, 200-pound, eight-and-a-half-foot mountain lion. Just an incredible story. If you missed that or you just want to make sure you never miss anything that happens here on the show, make sure you are subscribed to the Bluff City Outdoors podcast, the Bluff City Outdoors show podcast. We put the podcast out shortly after we get off the air every week. And uh, just about on every podcast platform there is. So subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, and many, many more. Um, Make sure you are subscribed to the Bluff City Outdoors Show podcast so you never miss any of these great conversations. Uh, Speaking of great conversations, we had one last week uh, with our friend Jonathan Heslop from Rockwood Charcoal, one of the great sponsors of this show. Uh, great time to stock up on the charcoal. If you're like me, it's grilling season all year round. I grill when it's 100 degrees outside, and I grill in the snow, and I always have Rockwood Charcoal with me because it's just a superior product. Not only is it a great local business, so you're supporting uh, you know, a local business, you're also supporting local industry. Missouri's the number one charcoal maker in the country. But Rockwood Charcoal is just a superior product. It's been ranked that. It's been ranked the number one consumer-rated charcoal in the country nine years in a row and uh, once you use it one time you will realize why rockwood is lump charcoal rockwood lump charcoal is just a superior experience over like the traditional briquettes that you may be used to Uh, you don't have all the filler all the extra chemicals it burns so much faster and cleaner and uh, you have a lot more control over what you're doing uh, especially if you're using other rockwood products like their smoking woods and things like that so uh, find the closest store with Rockwood Charcoal to you on their website. They are in over 100 area stores, so there's definitely one close to you, all Ace Hardwares and, and many others. Uh, find the closest store to you and pick up some grilling tips and tricks at rockwoodcharcoal.com. 
All right. Uh, here in studio, of course, is uh, myself, Tony Colombo, producer Leah, my partner, Mike, uh, Mark <laughs> McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors. Easy for you to and say. And our guest is Mike Marfell, the there professional fisherman. And it is time to bring you this, this week's fishing report. My tongue is broken, Mark, so you take over, please. Okay, going to take it away here. So we're going to go out to Truman Lake with Jordan Lear. He's a guy out there in the front. Crappie, great. Uh, fishing uh, 20 to 35 feet, 8 to 25 feet down. Uh, brush piles and standing timber on the main lake. Jigs and minnows are both working. Natural colors in the clean, clear waters and dark colors in the stained water. Catfish, good. Anchoring halfway back up the creeks. Channel ledge is in the main channel using fresh cut chad. 10 to 35 feet. Santee Cooper rig. Uh, Black Bass Fair, fish the main lake, the windy banks, halfway back in the creeks and the coves, half-ounce football jigs, working around the brush piles in 10 to 20 feet, jerk baits in a shad color, and spinner baits in white and chartreuse, and Alabama rigs are doing well. Go out to Carlisle with Jake Neely. He just said, crappie fishing is very good. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, yeah, Eric Moria vouched for that, too. Uh, Wren, Fred, Fred Mooney down there. Winter fish is doing great on Wren. Most fish, uh, most crappie are being caught in Twelve to fourteen feet on the ledges and transition areas. Hair jigs and bright colors are working very well. And I'll let local rivers and lakes. Eric Mori, he's uh, on my pro staff out there. He's just been lighting up the crappie at Carl. Nice. Yeah. Just every every time he goes out there, just he's limiting it out pretty quick. The crappie bites good and steady. Multiple depths ranging from ten to twenty feet. They're biting on jigs and largemouth bites a little bit slower, but he's catching them on jerk baits and on shaky heads. Catfish are keen in on shad and are actively biting. And then uh, my buddy Will, Ash from the shop, and Jason Mathena went out the other day and just annihilated the catfish on the river. They went, they fished both the Mississippi and the Missouri. Biggest fish was 73. Lots of fish in the 50s. So uh, fresh shad. Nice. And Lake of the Ozarks. Lake of the Ozarks. The water's up right now, believe it or not, with the rain we had. They haven't started the winter drawdown. So the water's up a little bit. Still super clear. Uh, Best water temperatures in the low 40s. So this is a broken record until the water gets back up above 50. You need three baits, in my opinion, a jig, a jerk bait, and an Alabama rig. Mm-hmm. To chase those southern south-facing banks uh, with that's got sun on them. Fish, the, fish your Alabama rig over suspending fish over brush piles. Fish that jerk bait. I mean, when you, when you get a jerk bait bite down there, the best thing is put that tail hook lens almost on the on the shore mm-hmm. crank it three i crank mine six times let it twitch and let it set there that's the longest i'll let it set because a lot of times it's that first break is where they're when they're feeding on that jerk baits where they'll be setting mm. so same thing that jig in the brush pile is just like at truman it's not much different than truman that half ounce jig and 20 to 25 feet and it this won't change until the water climbs above 50 degrees right i mean there's other ways to catch them this, My, is, the, this is the winter it's a winter pattern, and it stays that way. And if you find, if you catch one, don't move. There's more fish there. He's yeah. not by himself this time of year. Uh, now you can catch them on an underspin and, and a shaky head too. But if that's what you like, do that. But those other three are definitely working and working well. You say that they that they're uh, never by themselves this time of year. Are they ever by themselves? Oh yeah, time they get with? scattered in the fall big time. Yeah. Why do they? Why do they clump up? I don't know. Because the, the bait's clumped up. One? I never asked one. I did, and he does. They're not reading the same magazines I do. I guess he didn't have the same answer. He didn't give me a clean, clean answer. So, I know some walleye fishermen out on the river that when they're trying to, you know, fish for walleye, but they'll get into a school of blue cats. And he said they'll all be cookie cutter. They'll they'll all be like twenty five pounds. Huh. And you just can't. You have to move to try to catch walleye because you're just going to keep catching that. 
Yeah. And they said, but they're all, I mean, you lay them out, they just all look like they're catching the same. Bass kind of school up by size, too. When I was telling you those guys are catching the big ones, it's because they can see them on their live scope, the size. They won't even fish for them if they're not big enough. Yeah. You know, and you'll get into them where they're four or five pounds. I know we talk a lot about the Alabama rig this time of year, and we've talked on this show many times about, uh, I don't know, I, I'm so bad with time. It feels like it was about five years ago. It's about right. Okay, I was going to say, you're probably going to say it was 15 years ago or something. No, no, I'm no. so bad at this. Um, that the Alabama rig was basically invented or it, or at least came back in. Oh, it had been out for a while. It just big, under it just, wraps. It just blew up. Yeah, Paul Elias won a tournament in the Bassmasters with it, yeah. and that's what did it. Do you, because I know a lot of, Old school guys, and I don't mean to put that on you, but no, you I'm old some, school. Got some gray in yep. there. Uh, have resisted the Alabama rig. I hate it. So I was just going to ask. Not you because that. of it. It's just it's just pain in the ass to throw. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'd rather so catch him on a jerk you, bait. So obviously, you but there's it, times a year you'll get beat senseless if you don't throw it. Right. So you do throw it from time. Oh, to Oh yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, absolutely. Because I have to. Yeah. I do fish one tournament organization where it's not allowed. Nothing yeah. with multiple hooks, and that's I love it. Because I don't have to go out and throw it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but ethically, no, it catches them. It really does. Right. I mean, it catches them great. Super interesting. But they're starting to see it more and more. Yeah. So it's not as easy as it was five years ago. Yeah. I mean, five years ago, you'd almost wanted to wear a helmet. There were so many of them flying around. Down oh, there. it was. I the, seen guys fishing off the bank with them. It was the thing. Yeah. It was the. <laughs> it sold a lot of Kitex swim baits. I can yeah. tell you that. It still does, you know. Yeah. But you know, it's it's but it's real similar to you. you know, these catfish guys catch skipjack. They use Sadiki rigs. Yeah. It's the same principle. Yep. You're throwing something with multiple hook, little flies on it, and yeah. uh, you know you're throwing out there in a school of them. And you're gonna catch. I mean, you get sometimes you'll get hold of five skipjack. My uh, favorite. You don't only get one, you know maybe two in. Summertime, my favorite double rig, which I can't use in in the oak outdoors because you can't have multiple baits. But is taking a popper, taking the rear hook off, put a swivel on, and run that leader aligned to a Zara spook behind it. So you got a popper oh, out in okay. front of a Zara spook. Yeah, I've caught more doubles doing that than ever on an Alabama rig. Man, I would love to throw an Alabama rig through a uh, white bass feeding frenzy. Oh, you know when you see that? Yeah. At, at dusk, you see that water start to boil. Yeah, you can hardly keep them off a hook. Oh yeah. man, you throw oh, yeah. a crankbait through that, you're always going to get. Yeah, wake bait. You throw a Alabama rig through something like that. I wonder what would happen. I've never You'd have one on every hook. <laughs> I've never been able to do that before. Yeah, you would. I mean, that's just the way they yeah. hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been that's on the awesome. Mississippi backwaters where it's boiling with white bass. And yeah. It's just nuts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It looks exactly like you could walk across them. exactly what we call it. We look for those boiling. They they only last about a minute. And when they go back down, if you go over them with your graph, it just, go, it just says zero feet deep. It just goes black. There's yeah, so many of them. Yeah, there's so many of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, before we run out of time, we did mention earlier in the show the uh, R100 Reinhardt uh, event coming to town in April, April 14th to 16th. Um, but also, Bluff City Outdoors has their big annual, you guys have your big annual sale coming up, and that is getting uh, closer and closer every time we talk. So remind folks about uh, yep. that. Yep, so that's, uh, it's uh, March 2nd to the, uh, through the 5th. It's a Thursday through a Sunday. It's our annual event, always on that first weekend. And we that's our best deals of the year. Or during those four days, so, mm-hmm. yep, so we'll have everything: crappie, catfish, bass fish, and stuff. So we have all that stuff, and it's a good time, time for is. people to come out. And we're since we have some room, we're going to see about trying to put a, you know, a couple of seminars together, let people come down and maybe talk to, you know, somebody that's really good at on catfishing. Or nice. that'd know, be cool. Maybe be get Eric to do a little cool. bit of talking on the, uh, you know, fishing the local lakes and waters. And stuff. Yeah, so we're still trying to get all that worked out. But yeah, I would uh, love coming to do that, but that's my first tournament of the year, right there. The 
Oh, really? Yeah, Lake yeah. of the Ozarks Anglers in Action. So that'll be me and Gabe's next video. Nice. You can still go see. He's putting out plenty of content. Oh, yeah. And if absolutely. you missed last Monday, he had Jeremy Lawyer on. Some great information from Jeremy Lawyer. He was in a squirrel tournament, which I think you've talked about before. He's in the squirrel bowl? Squirrel tournament, yeah, somewhere. I think it was in eastern Eastern Tennessee, maybe. Okay, because we got one coming up uh, first weekend in February. Uh, wow. It's called the Squirrel Bowl. Up in, uh, it's in the Carlinville Fairgrounds. So. Wow. I'll get some details on that. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy says you shoot them with a shotgun. That way they weigh a little more with the lead in them. <laughs> five... Uh, Five best squirrels, I think. Money. Yeah, I think his was ten. You had to have five grays, five reds. Yep, but it's called the squirrel. That last year, I think they had like six hundred teams. Oh, we've got to talk more about this. Yeah, when he was talking about culling squirrels, I was like, this is mind blowing. Yeah, we got to talk more about this as we get closer to that. That that uh, that sounds like a whole lot of. Fun. Sounds like a road a show on the road there. So, uh, as Mike mentioned, you can follow uh, Mike Marfell and his exploits with uh, Gabe at the Ten Horse Monty YouTube channel, T-I-N, like the metal, Ten Horse Monty YouTube channel. Just a ton of great fishing content, uh, talking fishing, out on the water fishing, interviews. and. Uh, if you're looking for some info on LiveScope, he just did a couple of videos on what go. he's learned about LiveScope and how to tell how deep your jerkbait's getting with your LiveScope. Pretty that's, cool stuff. That's the place to go. Ten Horse Monty YouTube channel. Make sure you're checking it out. And of course, for Bluff City Outdoors, uh, not only is this great sale coming up in March, March 2nd through the 5th, uh, I've got the brand new uh, reconfigured archery range out there now with the 30-yard shot all set up. Of course, the state-of-the-art techno hunt system is up and running. League's probably yep. right around the yep. corner. Yeah, league's starting next week. Yeah, there you go. If you're great. interested, get hold, get hold of us at the shop. Yeah, perfect. Great time to uh, get out there and visit Bluff City Outdoors. About a mile east of Fast Eddie's there in Alton, Illinois. Follow Bluff City on Facebook and also at bluffcityoutdoors.com. And make sure you're subscribed, like I said, to the Bluff City Outdoors show podcast so you never miss any of the great things we talk about here on the show each and every week. We'll be back here next week for another edition of the show. For Mike Marfell and producer Leah and Mark McMurray, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to the Bluff City Outdoors show here on 1019 and 94.1. They got your fishing hooks, they got your dirty books, they got your rebel flag on the wall. Sign says beer, bait, and ammo, yeah, you ask me, they